Welcome to the latest episode of the Fine City Music Podcast with me, your genial host, Paul Levens, ably assisted by my audio producer, Stefan Malzak. And as usual, I'm going to start off today to read a few quotes I've pulled off the, the internet uh, just to give you a flavour of who we're talking to today. A talented and phenomenally productive artist, a remarkably fluid set of influences framing lyrics that carry an emotional sensitivity and worldly awareness. My guest crafts words that wander between loss, anger, pain and deep affection. He can deliver nuanced and sometimes devastating messages in a minimal number of words. Excellent music with emotion, fragility and strength. Thoughtful lyrics and a powerful vocal delivery in my guest's unique, melodic and sensitive way. Daring the Darkness, his latest album, is a truly inspired album. He's received radio play, various independents, local BBC Norfolk and, and so on. Also, Tom Robinson played him on BBC uh, Music, describing him as sounding like a long-lost early 80s Depeche Mode. Amongst other things, a couple of HMV in-stores, in-store appearances in Norwich, supported Sink Your Teeth at the Arts Centre, and featured earlier this year in the 100th edition of the magazine Electronic Sound. So today I'm talking to the Norwich synth pop and electronica artist Kiffy, uh, or otherwise known as Daniel Kiff. Do I call you Daniel, Dan or Kiffy? Uh, well, Kiffy, please, or, or Daniel, I don't mind, just not Dan. Well, my first thought is, I mean, that, that's, that, that's a fairly impressive resume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's the it's 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 it seems impressive, but it's quite a lot of work and a lot of effort to get. Um, I mean, uh, electronic sound to get noticed by them was pretty uh, great, and to to be played on the BBC a few times was also awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to start with because um, probably unlike a lot of musicians, and certainly f- I think most of the people we've had on the podcast so far, you've kind of come to making music later in life. I mean. Quite a few of the people that I've had on have been playing since they were children or since they were teenagers or something. So I was kind of interested, first of all, in your story of how, where, when uh, and why you kind of came to music at the stage in life you did. <laughs> well, I've, I've, always, I've always been um, musical all the way through my life. Um, but um, I just didn't... Basically, you know, life, life gets in the way and uh, getting, having a job gets in the way. And I, I took that path... And then regretted it, um, and then uh, effectively, what happened was that um, lockdown happened, and I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna. Now I've got some extra energy, not having to drive and commute to work, not having to um, be in a stressful environment, and being being able to work from home meant that I had. Ma- I realised suddenly I had masses of energy, and it just came out in music, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I suppose I was going to ask, I mean, how would you describe your music or, or, or what is it, what's the kind of sound? I mean, I know your sound has evolved over over time and so on, but I'm kind of interested in your influences and, 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 and your sort of idea of, of, of what it is you're trying to, to do. Mm. I think that my mu- the best way of considering my music is to imagine that it is, um, it's alternative indie done with synths and drum machines rather than guitars and real drums yeah um, and that and that that's why my my influences are generally the same sorts of things that influenced uh, 90s indie especially 
and early noughties, uh, new metal, stuff like that. So it, my influences are actually um, bands like the Beatles and the Moody Blues. And um, Which, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say it's necessarily obvious in your <laughs> music or... or, 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 or yeah, um, no, absolutely. Um, I, most, I mean, I, I find it hard really to describe myself as a, as a synth pop artist because it's because if you listen to my music and then listen to the classic and the best era of synth pop, which was the 80s, um, if you listen to that and then listen to mine, although you can hear... That, that maybe there's some similarities because of the instruments. The actual structure of the songs is completely different. Um, they're, they're, I, I sometimes um, put in some of these classic, you know, octave bass lines just as a nod to the 80s and partly to confuse the people that might be listening or reviewing <coughs> it, for example. Um, you won't hear many of, the, of, uh, of, those, of those classic, uh, you know, octave bass lines like... With, um, uh, New Order, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I was also wondering, uh, I mean, your Facebook page describes you as Kiffy the Dreamer, so I'm wondering, <laughs> what, what do you dream about? <laughs> well, see, that's kind of an ironic, it's kind of an ironic name that I gave myself because, uh, like you said, I started, my, I started on this project when I was, uh, when I was 40 um, and I didn't release my first album until I was 41. And that's like you said. That's quite late in life to try to compete with the, you know, the seventeen-year-olds that are being highlighted by BBC introducing or, um, mm. or the or uh, you know the the cool bands that that get a whole crowd of people to come along and watch them perform, and and effectively it's me it's me saying yeah so what I'm going to try it anyway and and I've had I have had some criticism, especially online even from some reviewers of people saying. You know why? Why don't you just slow down and why don't you just take think, take your time on it? And I think I feel like I've done that for twenty years. I've been mm. building up to this for twenty years. Really. Yeah, yeah. And um, and I just want to um, I I just won't take no for an answer. And I'll do and I'll send emails to people that um that I shouldn't send emails to and contact people well, directly, etc. And just try to just try to get noticed by somebody because I don't, I don't think any I don't think normal people I say normal people, most people when they listen will automatically get what I'm trying to do because they'll be well this sounds retro but it but it also isn't retro. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's very contemporary in terms of the the the, the sort of lyrical subject matter. Yeah. Um, I was going to say what 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 the listeners may not know is you you, you have been highly productive and 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 I forget how many albums in total you've. you've I forget as well. Recording yeah. the last three three years or so. In the um, yeah, I mean in the last three, I've technically done nineteen albums, but two of them no one will ever hear because they're terrible. But um, yeah, <laughs> they, they were the first two, and they were just me learning how to use the instruments mm. really. Um, my debut was in January 2021 and I've pretty much in 2021 I released 12 albums one a month sometimes more plus some EPs and some yeah. singles well I was going to yeah. say probably like some of the criticism you've alluded to when 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 I you know we first met and and, and talked about coming on the podcast and I went and had a, a, a listen to some of my stuff and yeah I mean I, I had without wanting to be disparaging at the time I wondered whether 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 less could be more. Um, <laughs> but having listened through, I mean, I, I have to admit, I haven't listened literally every track you've produced, but I've listened to probably about 80, 90% of it. As far as I know, only two, three people have. That's me, yeah. me someone on, I met on, uh, and two people I met on Twitter. But I think the thing that surprised <laughs> me was that the, the quality 
you maintain that quality throughout, you know, both the lyrical and melodic quality and, and, and so on, even though you know, at times you've gone off in slightly different directions and, and so on. But also there's quite, well, I mean, there's personal stuff in there about love and loss and so on, but there's also quite a bit of political stuff. I mean, I'm thinking particularly of a track you did um, called Rwanda, which yes. I am guess, you know, was a, a response to the absolutely horrendous proposal by our Tory government to, to send asylum seekers to Rwanda, which, I mean, you know, aside from the possible sort of um, racism in the policy, it, it just absolutely beggars belief that such something like that could actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that, that track, Rwanda, um, is one of my... Weirdly, it's one of my most listened-to tracks um, on streaming, but not on Bandcamp, um, which, which is weird. Maybe the structure of it pleases an algorithm of some kind. But, um, yeah, that song is definitely 100% about that. You know, they that one of the lines is, they won't take you unless your skin fits in and your accent's right. Mm. And, and in my mind, that is a... It's a double standard where in, in the same sentence, pretty much, we're, we are paying people to accept Ukrainian refugees, but telling anyone that isn't Ukrainian and that looks or sounds different to go to Rwanda. And that doesn't make sense mm. to me at all. And it seems totally abhorrent and immoral, in my mm. opinion. Oh, no, I quite agree. I mean, it, it, I mean, it just beggars belief that, yeah. that, that, that they could, you know, that a government could even come up with, um, with, 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 with something as, as awful... Yeah, and just I mean, the logistics of it, <laughs> you know, if nothing else, but aside from the morality of it. Um, yeah, well, it shows maybe the desperation in the policy, doesn't it? That they're, mm. that they're prepared to do some convoluted um, deportation plan rather than look after people here. Well, you know, we people, uh, and really, whenever you, whenever uh, I know someone that says all music, all music is political. You're trying to say something to somebody. Um, and I, I think some of mine is just good. I say good. I think they're good. Um, uh, good old-fashioned love songs. But there's there, there's there's often a line in most of my songs which you could say is political. And and the the point really for me is not just you can't just blame, you know the the uh, you know the Cruella de Vil types. <laughs> this is a democratic country, so you have to also ask the people listening to your music the same questions. Do you really agree with this? Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I wouldn't necessarily agree that every song, you know, every every song of an artist produced would be political. No. But uh, my view is that art, whether it's music or fine art or, or other types of art, is, is, is that you're providing a kind of insight into the human condition that perhaps people haven't observed or haven't seen it the way you've seen it, but by listening to what you say, recognise something that they've not recognised before about a, a situation. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, the, really, that's the theme of the whole uh, of uh, so much of my music, and I, I effectively did a whole album just on, on, on the on the human condition of being a 41 year old or what, how old was I at the time? 42 year old, mm. um, uh, you know, generic British male, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, that album was how to build a boy and it, it's, it, it's again, that's slightly, a slightly ironic title because it's a bit like being a man child when you describe a 42 year old man <laughs> as a boy, <laughs> but you know, we are, we are emotional beings and everyone is. And, and, you know, 
that mm. that's really what that album is about. Yeah. But I was also just going to come back to what you said about criticism you've had and, you know, can't you slow down and stuff and, and what have you. I mean, I think one thing uh, I think is, is probably a truism that, that there isn't a single way to make music or to make it as a musician. There are different ways and people come to, to it from different directions and in different ways. Yeah, some people some some people will 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 go out touring, hoping to build an audience, and then record a record. Some people will record a record and then go out and tour the record and build an audience that way. That you know that that, that there is no one size fits all kind of way to do it. It's... Yeah, I think I've tried to do. I, I I didn't really decide. I didn't really decide in advance that I was going to make twelve albums. But by halfway through the year of 2021 I thought I, I thought well wait a minute I've already done seven let's see if I can let's see if I can do 12 mm, <laughs> yeah just because I'd never heard of anyone doing that before and and it, it, it is a little bit of you know not attention seeking but th this is what that is the th one of the things that made people not just scroll past they'd go what 12 mm. Tw what do you mean you know and mm. Um, every single song is, uh, it's like you say, it's describing something really specific. And I would have slowed down if I, if I didn't consider them to be finished. Yeah. So, so that if, the, if I consider the song is finished, then the song is finished and I will always produce something to the absolute best of my ability at the time. So one of the reasons I've slowed down now is because I've got more more skills and more ability to make them sound mm. better and to or to do something in a in a in a slightly different way that I now know makes it sound better but will take longer. Mm. The ideas are still there. I, I start getting withdrawal if I don't if I don't sit down and do well, do I've, a track within a few days. I've always imagined that you know from talking to musicians and talking to other artists, fine artists and and, and writers and so on that in some ways. I mean, it's just the essence of your being and it just comes out. It's not a, a thought through kind of conscious process of creation. And I'm also kind of wondering, I mean, you might not necessarily be able to answer this, is that coming to music in, in later life means that you've had so much more experience to draw upon and to, to kind of um, put into your music. Is, is, you know, is that perhaps part of what's... Yeah, definitely. I, I think that must be, that must have something to do with it. I mean, there's... I find it, uh, it. I don't plan any. I don't plan any of the songs. Even with even with Rwanda, I didn't sit down and think I'm going to make a song about the Rwanda policy. I ju it, that's just what came from the music when I'd made when I'd made the uh, melody or the progression, and the and the uh, drum pattern. I thought this song's an angry song. <laughs> yeah. And then and I, I one of the things about me is that I will write down probably one in eight of the songs that I've written. Uh, most mostly it's through um, recording the vocals and then retaking them if I think that a line can change and that's how the songs form they they, uh -huh. they form that they, they don't necessarily form themselves but they they aren't planned in advance yeah yeah so they're of the moment right because <laughs> well I mean you've kind of alluded to what was my next question which which is which comes first music or words uh, or, or can it vary the only time there's only one time, one song that I've done out of however many that I've actually written the words first. Um, the rest of the time, the music always comes first, and um, 
generally speaking, what will happen, because I have a, a digital piano, a synthesizer, a drum machine and a guitar, and that's it. Um, so what will generally happen is I will just play something on the piano and then I'll think to myself, does it, okay, does it stay on piano or do I, or do I move the chord progression onto the synthesizer and then do I keep some of the piano for the melody or do I move everything to the synthesizer um, and, and, um, and really that's it. And then sometimes I might even avoid the synthesizer and just use the guitar and the piano or, Mm. Or something, or something else, and then I think, oh, that's too fast, and just slow down the entire track, which gives some interesting effects. Mm. There was one one track where someone thought it was a bagpipe. No, it was a slow. It was a guitar slowed down by fifty percent. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, in fact, you, you you've kind of half answered what was going to be my next question, which was to ask about your recording setup, given that <laughs> yeah, you play all the instruments. Yeah. And um and, and yeah, I'm just thinking about your recording space and the process and so on. Because, I mean, that's, you know, something else that struck me was the strength of the production throughout your, your output as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, the... OK, so I... This is... This, this always makes me smile a little bit and, it, and, I, and I think it makes other people scratch their heads. Even, um, <laughs> so basically... I have the... I, have, I only use hardware. I, I, uh, so I, I have my piano my synthesizer drum machine guitar and my voice with a microphone and i have an audio interface and i use audacity the uh, free microsoft which program. is what we use for <laughs> editing this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i record all of the layers into audacity now for the first for the first six albums that was it any effects that you hear are either directly from the sustain pedal on the piano or the um or the effects that are a bit hard, uh, hardwired into the synthesizer, um, and I'm, and I may have uh, added some effects from Audacity, but it's a very difficult thing to add effects to live. Mm. You you edit it, you change it, and then you listen to it, and if and if it doesn't, you can't edit it whilst you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but after the first six albums, I then started to use uh, a f another piece, piece of free software, which is online called BandLab, which is um, effectively it's a, a, a door, but not a very complicated door. Um, and um, I, I use that to, to listen live and add effects, but simple effects like reverb, delay and compression. And those three, you don't really need much else. Mm. Um, and some EQ. Um, and... I'm uh, not paranoid about it, but I. But presumably, I you've I got some all... technical background in, or have you literally taught yourself in the last few years? Yeah, the e process of production. Everything. Yeah, I've taught myself everything uh -huh. in the last few years. Now, n near or pretty much everyone else that I've met online, I've met thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, I, I may be one of a handful of people that use Audacity. Most right. will use Logic or mm. some other thing. And I've it's not I'm, and I'm not doing it because I I'm stubborn and I'm old school and I'm trying to be retro. If I was going to do that, I would use a, a Tascam or something oh, well, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or, you're, or, or you do analog recording <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Tape to tape. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's simply because when every door I've tried on a free trial, or whatever. Um, every door I've tried, I simply do not understand. 
Well, I, I think, can't figure them out at all. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I, 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 I'm very much a self learner in mm. things I do, and I, I, you know, in, throughout my work life, I've, I've, I've done um, video making, um, amongst other things. I've done a bit of animation and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's it's using the software that just seems most intuitive to you yourself, yeah, rather than um, necessarily what's considered necessarily say the market leader or or, yeah. or or something like that you know i used to use photoshop for um photography but i don't anymore i've moved on to, to something else which i just find a capture one it's called which i just find a lot more intuitive for my yeah. sort of way of editing photos sort of yeah thing. exactly i mean i can i can relate i can relate and it is similar to that i mean if i i i, I used photoshop in the late 90s and it the learning curve to try to figure out how to use it is huge and i haven't used it since and a few uh, about more well, last year sometime I tried to use it again to to make some artwork for a CD release and I was like I no I can't use uh, this is ridiculous so I just got someone else to do it yeah well that's it you you're doing a very good job of sort of leading from my list of questions from one to the other because my next question was about the album artwork um <laughs> Because I know, because you've showed me one time, you use AI to do some of it at least. Yeah, so some some of it, uh, I wanted to to try this new technology, and I've I've moved away from it since. But it, I really like how it gives you these weird images. Um, yeah, very 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 uh, just weird image weird images. They they don't they look unreal, almost fantastical a lot of the time. Um, and it really was just experimenting to see what how uh, how that could be used and i know there's some people that are unhappy or not unhappy but are uncomfortable with the idea of using ai for any kind of art but like i like i said i'm i'm doing everything hmm. <laughs> i can't afford to pay somebody to make me artwork uh, well, and i'm not an artist <laughs> it's also well i mean it also kind of leads into what is you know currently a a, a, a fairly hot debate about yeah. what impact ai is going to have particularly on creative industries and particularly things like illustration are sort of you know in terms of machines taking away um, human jobs, then things like illustration, copywriting, music to some extent, and no, for example, having done some video work in the past and, and, and needing to get kind of library music for it, you can now go and create your own, you know, corporate video soundtracks on an, on AI engines online kind yeah, of thing. I, I mean, I've tried that, and I think the thing with music, uh, and I know it's early days for AI music, but the this, the things that I've that I've again I've tried it just to see what it was about and to see if there was any competition and the answer as far as I can tell is no that mm. it sounds weirdly it sounds weird and maybe in the same way as the images look weird um, but the but AI music that I've that I've heard sounds just sounds but so, well I was going to say a lot of your kind of imagery on the artwork is quite sort of sci-fi and the sort <laughs> of thing that does you know AI is very yeah. good at generating that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well I well yeah the, I've used I think I've used AI uh four times. Uh, not uh, only only once for an album, once for an EP, twice for an EP sorry, and once for um just a single. Mm. Um uh, and the rest of the time, it's uh, it's it's just uh, uh, editing um, 
royalty-free images that mm. uh, from um, Canva. I have a Canva subscription. Yeah, yeah I use Canva for yeah. various things myself. Um, I mean, the late, the daring, the darkness is is a, a a badly taken selfie of me of me in some shades, uh, just of my face that I've then used Canva to remove the background and make it look um, how I thought the music sounded. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because I was also going to ask, um, uh, in terms of recording, collaborations. You've done a few collaborations, and I know you've launched one or released one today. You'll yeah. have to remind me who it's <laughs> with, because I've forgotten. Because yeah, so <laughs> I wrote my notes last night before I saw your <laughs> thing today. <laughs> so today I've released a track with a, with a Welsh indie rock um, uh, producer he uh, and songwriter. He, uh, he works in a very similar way to me, I think, um, but... Um, you know, he plays lots of instruments and writes his own songs. Um, and that song's called No Heroes. And the track that it was, uh, that, that that became our single, was in my, was about to be deleted from my um, computer because if if I think a track is dead, it, it gets deleted. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he contacted me and said, have, we, have you got anything we could work on? And, and uh, effectively, I, I, I moved my... Uh, you know the cursor from delete to share it with uh, with with this guy, and we we produced a song which is um, uh, which is which at the beginning sounds like me, and then after about thirty seconds you realise this is something different, <laughs> and and uh, so that's one collaboration. I've collaborated with a, a lady called Dasha Larks in Finland. She she has a her her artist name her art artist name is Pulse Lab. Um, uh, she does electro pop. I've collaborated with Richard Davis, or Richard Davis, who is a jazz musician, plays the saxophone. In fact, any, plays anything with his mouth, technically. Right. Yeah. Um, and do these just come a, come about through online contact? Yeah, yeah, basically online contact. I mean, I've I must have I've actually lost count, and I couldn't name everyone that I've collaborated with off the top of my head. I would have to look through the 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 you know the releases to to remember all of them otherwise i'd miss some out i've got another track coming out in a few weeks with a uh with a um it's, mo it's more of a modern pop producer and it's a sort of summary forlorn love song which is nice um i've done all I don't, you know rappers in california um yeah yeah <laughs> um uh, house producers in australia all kinds of all kinds of things that mm. are, that, that um um that that we've that I've collaborated uh, on with people and I love collaborating because no one does music in the same way and nobody has the same ideas and um and you every time you collaborate you you do three things you make a friend you learn something new about music production or musical ideas and you um get noticed by the people they know <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly um because the other thing I wondered about was, I well, first of all, when I saw the artwork for that, there's a, a, a probably their best known song, the hardcore band Converge's best known song is called No Heroes, mm -hmm. and I wondered if it was a cover because I haven't had time to listen to it yet. But... No, uh, no, I don't. We don't worry about titles. You know, there's how many different powers of love. Oh yes. You know, oh exactly. no, I, I wasn't. That wasn't. It wasn't a criticism. I just <laughs> no. wondered if it was the same tune because I think I'm right in having scrolled through your catalogue. I think I identified one cover tune. Oh. I can't. It was an early single, if I remember rightly. 
way down at the bottom of your band camp page. And I can't remember who it was a cover of. It wasn't somebody I'd heard of. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, good. Now, I'm glad you brought that up. So I I remember. So, yes, that is... uh, Technically, I have done three covers, but of no one famous yet. There's a big yet on the end of that. Um, I've done a cover version of a song by uh, by Pulse Lab, the uh, the lady who lives in Finland, her song Cosmic Roses. I've uh, done a cover version of a song by uh, a, a guy called Goes a Good Speed, who's down on the south coast, um, and his song was called He's pulling a uh, face of thinking very hard uh, right now. <laughs> Ghosts of the Future and Past, I think that was called. Um, and then also a, a cover version of a song by an artist from Leicester called Saint Martin, and uh, which, uh, and this is a this is a, a written well. The the song is called Smile, um, or Aubrey Plaza Smile, um, sorry Aubrey Plaza Smile, um, and I what what I tried to do roughly in July or August to uh, 2021 was I tried to set up this thing where different pairs of people that that uh, d- different pairs of artists from all around the world would would swap and cover each other's songs and the idea was is that that no to get away from any kind of royalty battles in case one of them became famous we we agreed that we would that we would make no money from it that we that any sales on Bandcamp would go directly to a charity mm. um Ah, oh, that explains the charity compilations. Yes, that you've put together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and there and there are two charity compilations. One, uh, one for Calm, which is um, a mental health charity for men, the campaign against living miserably, uh, because it's the leading cause of death in in men. Uh, it's uh, is suicide. Oh, well, funny enough, that's because <laughs> Alison is a social worker, ah. um, and funny enough, we were talking about the that very subject mm. before you came along mm. she said 49 men a week yeah. commit suicide in the uk yeah it's a, it's a it's a really dreadful statistic and you know you know um yeah so it, something has to be done about it mm. <laughs> uh, well it if, is if, I mean, if, if we can throw money at it and solve it then that would be great mm. but i think it's obviously a lot more complicated than that oh well it is <laughs> i mean i, I, I was going to say certainly there is more talk discussion publicity about men's mental health mm. and charities trying to i mean i for example i listen to a fair few football podcasts and you know that there is these days quite a lot of talk about mental health among sportsmen yeah um and uh, 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 so so there's a i'm not saying that that, that, that that there is anything like adequate health service provision to support people that need it but there's there is at least a a greater awareness and, and and a more conducive atmosphere to to men actually standing up and saying I'm not very well and my mental my you know my mental state's not very good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's it's across all kinds of sectors as well, like um, agriculture. You know, there's a there's a whole drive to talk about far, uh, farmers' mental health because uh, uh, you know, and they had this big um, combine harvester going up around the country um, to raise raise awareness for it. Um, oh, I think I read a stat somewhere a while back. Two farmers a week commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's it. Suicide is the thing we don't talk about enough. It, it, we we tend to um, 
we tend to try to prevent people from talking about it i think mm. e- even now and and in subtle ways but um but yeah it's a big it's a big issue and it needs uh, you know like i said there, there's lots of charities that you could that you could raise money for but calm seem to be one which which uh, really i think their messaging is right <laughs> yeah because sometimes you can't explain why you're feeling the way you feel no yeah yeah well yeah i mean i I've, I've had my own battle over yeah. the years with, with 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 mental health and depression and 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 so on um yeah and it took me a long time to actually stand up you know stand up and admit that i wasn't well and go and seek help yeah you know um sort of thing I was going to move on and ask about live performance because, mm-hmm. as I mentioned to you before we started, you're the first guest I've had on here who I've yet to actually see perform live. I'm sort of wondering what you're. I'm going to say something which isn't pejorative, but yeah, you you fall into the category of what I generally refer to when I'm talking to my musical mates as a, as a knob twiddler, um, <laughs> in the sense of um, it's. It's not as easy to put on a, a, an engaging live show when you're not a kind of full band of musicians on on on, on stage, and what your setup is, and, and how you do create something of a show out of what you do, rather than just plug your laptop in and press play and walk off and leave it. Yeah. Well, I, I, okay. Well, I think firstly, um, the plug it, plug your laptop in and pressing play is an absolutely valid form of uh, entertainment. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> One of the best live acts I've seen is Sleaford Mods, and they do exactly that. That they even have the guy that I can't remember his name, but he's that, he presses play on the laptop, picks up a can of beer, and listens to the lead singer singing. Now he they can get away with that because their music is very hard hitting, and the uh, and the uh, lead singer is incredible. Um, uh, however, my setup is effectively laptop and another instrument, so I might. Um, play the guitar or I might um, play the uh, uh, the lead synth for example mm. it's it's a lot it's a lot more difficult to play a synth with chubby fingers and small keys <laughs> live than it is to play guitar because mm. um, I've been playing guitar since I was 19 so yeah. so yeah. I'm much more used to that one um, uh, but that's it. that's it that's it really and i think yep. for me it, is, it would be the power of my vocal performance that would be that would make people go oh this is this is different oh sure no <laughs> yeah. i appreciate what you're you're, yeah. you're saying i mean you know i wondered if you'd ever contemplated or if you might do in 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 time actually having other musicians backing you on stage i have um uh, i have actually i did actually arrange for a bass player and a drummer to um meet up and for, and effectively form a, a band around my music. Um, that didn't happen in the end. Uh, it's, it's notoriously difficult to get three musicians together in a room. Oh, yes. No, I, I understand. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know enough yeah. people yeah. in Norwich, musicians and the travails yeah. they have with, with fine... Yeah. Particularly drummers are very... Sort of yeah, very scarce, very yeah. scarce. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Well, drummers and bass players are usually... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I probably mentioned to you, I mean, I've ended up playing bass in a mm. couple of bands in, you know, years gone by simply because... I'd rather played rhythm guitar, but <laughs> they haven't got a bass player. Sort yeah, of thing. exactly. The same happened to me before as well. So, um, so yeah, I have I have thought about it, and it's still on the cards. Really, I just need to find the right people that understand the uh, the project and what it what it is I'm trying to do. Because mm. th- again, if you say to somebody, "I'm doing synth pop," then that automatically turns off most people. I've been on uh, joinmyband.com, and uh, 
tried tried uh, put out adverts asking for drummers and uh, drummers with electric with electronic drum kits so that they could have these these classic drum uh, drum machine sounds but playing it live um uh, and m nearly there's a lot of drummers on that on that website all of them want to do 80s and 90s rock covers mm. or they want to perform the soundtrack to the uh that film I don't know which one. Say Northern Ireland. Oh, the recent one. Yeah, no, he's like thirty years old. I'm not sure which one. Oh, do you mean the commitments? Yeah, the commitments. commitments. Yes. <laughs> so no, it was set in Dublin. Wasn't yeah. It? Oh, yeah, that was it. Dublin. Yes. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, they, they they nearly all nearly all drummers want to uh, nearly all want to uh, uh, play classic rock, which is why most yeah. people become drummers. I imagine they don't they don't they're not inspired to become drummers because they really love that drum machine in that Prince song or in that Depeche oh, Mode sure, song. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you've probably heard the old joke about what's the difference between a drum machine and a drummer. Yeah, drum machines do what they're told. Well, yeah, you, <laughs> only have time. To, you, only have to, you only have to punch the instructions into a drum machine once. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd love, I would absolutely love for somebody to prove me wrong and to, and to, and to contact me and say, yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely love to play the, uh, to play drums on that. That sounds right up mm. on the street. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'll tell you what we'll do now. We'll move on to the, the smash hits questions <laughs> session. I used to, well, I, 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 yeah, I'm calling them smash hits. I hope I don't get a copyright claim for uh, <laughs> calling them that. I sometimes just call them quick fire questions. But yeah, they, I'll throw a question at you. You I, answer it. I made a mock up of me on the front cover of smash hits as a laugh. Did you, right? <laughs> 50p. <laughs> <laughs> Was that how much it cost? I honestly can't I no remember. It's so long ago, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so we'll start off with quick fire questions. Um, favorite Norwich venue, either to play at or to attend and see other people play at. Uh, my favorite venue is actually the LCR. To be honest, it, I think it's um, it's it's big enough. They have uh, they it, it just, the acoustics are great in there, um, and it, it and you can see because you can stand up on the edge. I I love the LCR. I think that they they they're great. Who have you seen there? Loads of people, yeah. Skunk and Nancy, right? Twice, yeah. Um, the Placebo, the Blue Tones, Gogo Bordello, uh, uh, Cooler Shaker. Um, oh, yeah, no, loads sorry, of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's, that's no, no, it's fine. I just get getting a flavor of, yeah. Well, it also just gives me an idea of the sort of things you go and go and go yeah. and listen to because I mean, I know. Skindred, they were really good. Oh, I've seen them before, many yeah. many years ago. Yeah. They're they're gonna. Where are they playing soon? I think they're playing at Epic soon. Are they? Somewhere, I think it's yeah. either Epic or Waterfront. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember. Remember where? Favorite Norwich gig that you've either been to and or your favorite one you've played. I think I can guess which would be <laughs> your favorite one you've played. But the favorite one I've played was at art, the Norwich Art Centre. Definitely, that was such a surprise. To uh, you know, I effectively had three hours' notice from from Sink Your Teeth um, support act dropping out to being to to being there supporting them. Was, and I was going to see them anyway that night, so I mm. got to support them, then watch them. It was really great. Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it, and the the audience seemed to seemed to like it as well, which is which is the reason that you do it really. Well, it? I mean, it's, your music's a good fit with their, their yeah. music in the yeah. sense of you know I've done a bit of promoting before and yeah. getting you know support bands that fit mm. headliners isn't always necessarily easy. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um, so that, uh, but the, other than other than that, I would say it's a really hard choice. But you know what? I'm going to choose Head P. 
Head P at the waterfront, upstairs in the waterfront, um, was a really great gig. They they had two support acts, one of which was a metalcore screamer band from America. They were just, they were just really, they were great fun. And Space, they were really fun, great fun at the at the uh, waterfront as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting because yeah, back to what we were talking earlier on about influences, and you know that a lot of the music you've grown up listened to isn't the sort of music you're actually playing, although yeah. there are influences in it, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, the. Yeah, that's it. That's true. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I'm not influenced directly by anybody. Everything is, everything is um, parts. There's little parts and pieces that influence. Mm-hmm. I, there are, there are so there are lots of people who do it really well, and you listen to them and you go, yeah, that's influenced by Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's influenced by Erasure. Awesome. They, they do it well. Um, I, I don't think you could nail that down with me. Maybe on individual tracks, but not overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got a favourite Norwich act other than yourself, Norwich or Norfolk? Well, that's a hard question. That's a that's a very hard question. Um, there's a late there's a there's a, a girl called Lara, and I can't remember what, what a Lara Price, but I don't know uh, if she. I think she's played at Voodoo Daddies, but only I uh, say only only mm. on the open mic thing. Um, but she, uh, I actually taught her. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I only realised after I'd been following her on social media for a right. year. Is she playing similar sorts of music? <laughs> no, she's doing, you know, rock. Right. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but um, no, I... I no. no my, I mean, the thing is, because I exist mostly, not entirely, but mostly online in terms of music community, mm. It's uh, I would say that my favourite is... is are the people I've collaborated with, yeah. you know, who yeah. are in Leicester or Finland yeah. or Australia. Oh. You know. No, no, totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, is there a, a, a song you wish you'd written? Mm. You know, somebody else's song. Mm, yes. I wish I'd written um, I Know the End by Phoebe Bridges. That is an, one of the best songs of the last couple of decades, in my opinion. The way that it changes from... Um, a forlorn modern love song structure to something completely crazy by the end and it just builds and builds and builds and it is uh, it sends shivers in every direction so by the end I'm almost in tears like but in like manic tears it's just really amazing piece of music and uh, the words in it are really good as well (laughs) you know people talk about that weird thing that you have a conversation with somebody and an hour later Facebook gives you an advert for what you were talking about. Yeah. Well, I had a Facebook advert this morning for Phoebe Bridges. <laughs> so that's, that's anticipating the yeah. conversation. <laughs> in fact, it was that that one song inspired mm. was that it. What that that seemed to fire something in my brain. Mm. It wasn't long after hearing that that I bought I bought I started making music. Yeah, it, it that song you could argue inspired everything. Right. Like, yeah. Somehow it must yeah. have like awoken a nerve pathway in my yeah. brain. <laughs> oh, I'll have to go and I can't think that I can recall it, so I'll have to have a listen to it later oh, it's on so to good. remind myself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. well, it, and it's long as well, it's not a short song. I mean, it's amazing. It, 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 it's like even played on the radio, you know, but it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first gig you ever went to? Hmm. The first gig I ever went to was uh, Michael Jackson's Dangerous Tour at Wembley Stadium. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was 1992. 
Um, that was the first. That was the first gig I ever went to, and pretty much the next one was the was uh, to watch the Prodigy headlining at V ninety seven. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, you that might you might have the same answer to this question. If, if you could open a show for any artist, who would it be? Uh, I would really love to open for Placebo. Yeah, yeah. I uh, their, their their later music became more electronic, and their and um, the the co- the lyrical content perhaps, and perhaps the way that I sing and structure um, a lot of my music is quite similar to Brian Molko. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would love to open for Placebo. I think it would make people raise an eyebrow. Why is this oh. guy with a laptop and a and a synthesizer singing? Uh, synth pop or dark wave music but then it would make sense oh yeah because of course yeah. placebo are inspired by um the, the uh, post punk uh, post punk bands for yeah. example uh, yeah i mean the work there in terms of support acts the worst support act i've ever seen was supporting who were they supporting sleaford mods they were not very good <laughs> in my yeah. opinion <laughs> you can't remember what they were called can't remember no. they were they were three women uh they and they the, but the lyrics were like, cheer up, love, it might never happen. And that was it. Right. Like, repeated all the way through the song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember um, my brother, we, we were teenagers in Manchester. He went to, to see Hazel O'Connor. I don't know if you remember, Breaking Glass, she had a hit with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had a little known support band who he, he said they were they were from Birmingham. He said they were rubbish. I can't see him going anywhere. The name was Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. You never know exactly. I mean, they might, yeah. I mean, they. I, I think that they, uh, they. They. I could see what they were trying to do. They. They needed to be tighter. Generally, mm. I think that was it. But right, you know, so yeah. what? They. They were supporting <laughs> Sleaford Mods. Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what's the most useless talent you've got? My, um, my most useless talent is um, being a, my most useless talent, being able to balance washing up uh, really high so that you don't have to dry it. Well, that that sounds very useful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or I would count that as useful talent. I <laughs> other people would. <laughs> What will it say on your epitaph? Mm. It will just say he he. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the th- uh, yeah, because uh, I communicate a lot online. You are trying to get. I don't like using emojis because I can never find the right one. So to make sure people, I'm not. Um, make sure people take it the right way. I go he he at the right. end of things. Oh, just yeah, to yeah. just to lighten the mood. Um. No, I, I, it might be that, or it might just be made made. Uh, what was on Buffy's? Uh, saved uh, saved the world a lot. I think it'd be wrote some right, songs yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the sort of thing. Um. You know, I'm thinking of that, yeah. that type of yeah. type of thing. Favorite. Well, should we tell people you you actually live in Reedham? Yeah. Yeah. So because one of my my questions is favorite time of year in Norwich, but I'll say favorite time of year in Norfolk. Yeah. Favorite time of year in Norfolk is definitely the summer. Yeah. Um, the roads are cleaner. <laughs> the, uh, the 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 I love going and popping to the beach in even in the evening at like six o'clock. Go to Galston at six o'clock or 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 um, or um, Summerton or, or Winterton or somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, that's really really nice. Popping to Caister at seven last summer at like. Eight in the evening when it was still thirty-five degrees. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I love the summer. What going on the broads on a boat when it's hot and sunny is really nice. Sitting in your garden when there's nothing better to do with a pa- kid's paddling pool to keep your feet cold, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. If you could change anything about N- Norwich stroke Norfolk, what would it be? Uh, what would I change about Norfolk? I would like more dual carriageways. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's um, it, it's a really nice place to live, isn't it? Yeah. You know, people well, are friendly. Um, you've got lots of, you know, Norwich has got has got centres of culture and different food traditions, etc. More dual carriageways. Mm. That would sort it. <laughs> well, I remember it wasn't long after I moved to to Norwich, and they were widening that section of the A11 that mm. was still single file. Yeah, and there were letters in the local newspaper about that. You know, it's just going to cause it was going mm. to encourage more people to come, and we mm. don't. You know, a bit like remember mm. League of Gentlemen. Yeah, you know, yeah, New Road will bring strangers. Yeah, yeah. Sort of to, from London Town. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I drive through Acle, they've got these big signs up saying um, they say shop local, but I always read it the other way around as local shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the main local shop in Acle is the co-op anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's, it's not as if it's... No, yeah. exactly. There's a butcher's, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, best kept secret in Norwich and or Norfolk? The best kept secret? Mmm. Uh, actually, the quality of the of the food in Norfolk, there are some of the best restaurants in the world, in, uh, in Norwich in, in particular. Um, there's a few um, curry houses that are the best that I've had anywhere in the world. Mm. There's a few um, Turkish places that are the best I've ever had anywhere in the world. Mm. Yeah, best kept secrets, definitely. Yeah. What are you currently listening to? Um, for the last three years, I've done nothing pretty much but listen to independent music. <laughs> so, mm. um, currently, I'm listening to a playlist of thirty uh, odd songs. By uh, an independent label called Lights of Line, Lights and Lines. Sorry, um, they've done a, a, they've started, or uh, they organised an album writing club, which of course I had to get involved in. Right, you have yeah. to write an album in the month of May, submit a single for public vote, and then the judges choose the best album. So the single, uh, the single is called Reparations, and it's a song about class privilege. And uh, the whole album is protest po- politics. I decided to go for it. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and uh, But I'm listening to all of those singles at the moment and there are some incredible pieces of music that have been made. And to think that, that's part, that they are parts of albums, all made within the month of May, it's mm. just really, really great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can we check that out online somewhere? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can. Uh, the, the, best, the best thing to do, I think, is to go to... SoundCloud and look and search for lights and lines, and you will find their playlist of the uh, th- of the. Um, uh, I think it's about thirty songs yeah. uh, that have been s- submitted as singles. And who does the voting? Uh, the public. The public. So anyone can go on and vote. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And when's the deadline to vote? Thirtieth of June. Right. So there's a few weeks to, to yeah. go yet. Have you? I've not seen you pushing that on your social medias. We're, we're, I have a bit. But, um, but I, um, I'm, I, I tend to what I tend to do is rotate. So if I, generally there's something else I'm involved in, there's my music, there's my, the music of my friends, and then there's a collaboration, mm-hmm. and I tend to rotate those four so that not every day I'm going listen to my music. 
Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe, and then five would be something random, like here are some chicken eggs, you know. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you were stranded on a desert island, who would you want to be stranded with? Maybe you wouldn't want to be stranded with anybody. Steve Backshaw. He's the explorer guy that really oh right I was going to say climbs and is it yeah climbs and uh, and you know can survive right I was yeah, yeah. who's the other guy um, Bear Grylls Bear Grylls <laughs> and the, the the other the other one um, I can't remember I can't remember I saw him on the train to yeah. Norwich one time Steve Backshaw yeah, yeah. he's a, he because he's also really really enthusiastic as well or the guy that did that program that isn't on anymore which uh, tried. Remember that? Let me yes. Yeah. What was it? And I can't remember his name either. Yeah. And so, where can people listen to your music? So I mean, the, you've mentioned Bandcamp, but it's, it's available in other places, isn't it? Yeah. My the, the main place is Bandcamp, um, the, and they can visit my website, which is just kiffy.info, and they'll find links there to all of the other streaming services, um, and and approximately about. A, a roughly a fifth of my music is on all streaming services. The rest of it is on Bandcamp. Well, I was going to say, I know, because yeah. I've listened to some of it on Spotify. Is yeah. it on Apple Music as well? Yeah, it's um, on uh, It's everywhere. Yeah. It's on everything. Yeah, <laughs> on, on, on literally everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's on, it's, on, uh, it's on Amazon, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple, it's on everything. Yeah. It's on TikTok, it's on YouTube. But, yeah. And, and and what does the future hold in terms of recording, collaborations, well, I've, performances? I, I've got three collab, no, three ideas for uh, collaboration uh, for for my musical collaborations. One is with a uh, a rapper from um, I think he's in California as well. I want to work on an EP with him. Uh, then an entire an entire album collaboration with a doom metal artist from uh, the USA somewhere. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and then I also want to make uh, another album before the end of September, uh, which will be which will be simp- simpler, but more but more complicated at the same time. Um, yeah, I want to use a, a, a slightly different way of making uh, of making it. And I want it to be something a little bit more ethereal. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want it. That's what I would like to do. Yeah. In terms of in in terms of live performances, I don't have anything uh, lined up at the moment. But mm. you can see me at the uh, Electronic Music Open Mic Night in the Rumsey Wells, which is usually on the first Thursday of every month, except in December to give people a break. Uh, and I am. And I will be performing live again in Norwich um, before, hopefully before the end of the year, but that's not confirmed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all that remains for me to say to you, Dan, da- da- Daniel Kiff, aka Kiffy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. It's been very interesting to get an insight into your own kind of creative processes um, and where you're you're going with your music. And thanks a lot. No, thank you. It's been a really good chat. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent.